where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today in this joint episode of the Female Holistic Health Apothecary and The Awakened Man, because I feel that this topic is applicable to both podcasts, and therefore we made it concurrent. Now, the U.S. birth rate falls to lowest point in more than a century. The rate dropped for moms of every major race and ethnicity and nearly every age group. Guess what age group it didn't drop in? The invisible women, the over 40 women, right? Because they're using reproductive endocrinology, reproductive technology to uh, to get those last those last eggs to work. So I'm, I'm gleaning off the AP. This came out a little about three weeks ago. The U.S. birth rate fell 4% last year, the largest single-year decrease in nearly 50 years, according to a government report released uh, May 5th. The rate dropped for moms of every major race and ethnicity in nearly every age group, falling to the lowest point since federal health officials started tracking it more than a century ago. Since World War II, or World War I, I should say. World War I ended in 19, uh, 1918, so... Births have been declining in younger women for years as many postponed motherhood and smaller families. Oh, there's more reasons than that, AP. Birth rates for women in their late 30s and in their 40s have been inching up, but not last year. Quote, the fact that you saw declines in birth even for older moms is quite striking, close quotes, says Brady Hamilton, CDC, blah, blah, blah. The pandemic no doubt contributed to last year's big decline, experts say. Anxiety about COVID-19 and its impact on the economy likely caused many couples to think about having a baby right then was a bad idea. Now, a lot of people thought, well, having a bunch of people locked up in uh, their apartments and houses would lead to a baby boom. But see, there's more to this than just COVID. Because I will tell you that, yes, the birth rate might drop it dropped last year during 2020, and it might it's going to go up a little for 2021, 2022. But as a whole, compared to 2020, I should say, but as a whole, it's going to keep dropping. But many of the 2020 pregnancies began well before the U.S. epidemic. That's true, right? They were they were getting it on and inseminating back in 2019, and the births came in 2020. So here are the highlights. About 3.6 million babies were born in the la- in the U.S. last year, down from 3.75. When births were booming in 2007, the U.S. recorded 4.3 million. It's 600,000 less. It's a lot. The U.S. birth rate dropped to about 56 births per 1,000 women of childbearing age, the lowest on record. The rate is half of what it was in the 1960s at the, the very end of the baby boom. 56 births per 1,000 women of childbearing age. Think about it. 56 births out of a thousand women. That's a lot. 
The birth rate for 15 to 19 year olds dropped 8% from 2019. It's fallen every year since 1991. I mean, that's good. There's a couple of reasons why they think this is one of the more startling reasons. They said that the boys at that age are just so hooked on porn that uh, they don't need to have sex. They don't need to have premarital sex. And also, because they're isolated and hooked on porn, they don't know how to interact with women. They just don't have the game. There's less Chad and Tyrone's at that age. Plus, you got more parents that are going to force them to contracept and abort. Birth rates fall 8% for Asian Americans, 3% for Hispanics, 4% for Blacks, 6% for in Native Americans. You know, the Black population is interesting. You want to talk about racism, systemic racism, and a genocide. One out of every three black babies are killed. Why don't we hear that in the news? Oh, wait, because it's a legalized killing in the form of abortion. Oh, I forgot. One in three. There's no more endangered human, and yes, they're human, endangered human in the United States than black babies. But we can't talk about that. One in three black babies are aborted. The cesarean delivery rate rose to about 32%. Yeah, well, we have an episode. Uh, we have an episode here at Awaken Me if you scroll back about why the rise of, of C-section, and we actually have a, an episode about why you don't want to give your you don't want to birth your baby C-section. Bad for your baby. Bad for you too. The current generation is getting further away from having enough children to replace itself. The U.S. once was among a few developed nations with a fertility rate that ensured each generation had enough children to replace it. About a dozen years ago, the estimate rate was 2.1 kids per U.S. woman. But it's been sliding and last year dropped to 1.6. All right. Oh, man, where to start? Let's talk about demographics. Demographics, demography is a study of population, study of growth. And... For a country to succeed, it needs to have more babies being born than people dying. If you know, or if you're familiar with the population pyramid, uh, you want to have more lines on the bottom. You want it to be more pyramidal than an inverted pyramid. So if you look at countries like Japan and Eastern Europe, and really Western Europe now, you have a lot of people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, even post-COVID. A lot of people in the old groups, and then as, as it gets to the lower group, the age, it's smaller and smaller. So it's an upside-down pyramid. A country that's in health has a wide, you know, relatively wide uh, under 20, then a pretty wide 20 to 40, and then a very small older class. But because of prolonged uh, aging, you know, prolonged life, because of better technology, it's understandable that we're going to have a wider uh, geriatric community, but doesn't explain why then we should have a lower breeding demographic. And why why are we not breeding? Well, I mean, look, contraception and abortion, no doubt. Abortion was something like what, 850,000 babies were aborted last year. If, if you think about, and I don't have a calculator, but since well, it's been 50 years now since Roe v. Wade almost, imagine how many of those babies would have had babies by now. You're like, oh, Gregory, we're overpopulated. We're not overpopulated. For the love of God, go to that episode. I don't know, it's like episode 100. And I give you cogent examples and reasons why the world's not overpopulated. We're going to peak in about 40 years, and then we're going to have rapid decline in the entire world. It was a big lie done by the eugenicists of the 1920s and 30s, and then pushed by their 
proponents in academia, academia and the literati, like the Population Time Bomb by Paul Ehrlich. Then you have it pushed by the group, the, the think tanks like Club of Rome and Bilderberger and all these places that the world's overpopulated. So if you ask most people, is global is there is there man-made global warming? Yes. Is the world overpopulated? Yes. They don't even think about these. It reminds me of what Lenin said, give me a kid until they're the age of 10 and he'll be my kid forever. And what else did he say? You know, useful idiots. He coined the term useful idiots. If you propagandize enough people enough, they'll believe whatever you want them to believe. The world is not overpopulated. We can fit everybody in the world and give them a 12 feet by 12 feet space and they could all fit in the size of a state of Oregon. You don't hear about this, right? Because it goes against the narrative. And how many people do you know that think the world's overpopulated? Or like, oh, I'm going to adopt because the world's overpopulated. And so essentially, the, the radical left, the cultural Marxists, the Frankfurt School, all these people are convinced you at a very young age because it's public education and social media and so forth to contracept and abort yourself out of existence. And you look at Europe. The white part of the world, which most of you guys are listening to are going to be part of the white part of the world. You're white. I mean, Europe is just a disaster. They do a mass apostasy. They turn their back on Christianity. They, you work Christendom. For 1,500 years, they were the Catholic Church with the whole kingdom of Europe, even though it was various kingdoms, was Catholic. And then even after the Protestant Revolution... As a whole, up until about, I would say, 1850s, 1900s, it was still a Christian world. They were still having babies. They were still going to church. And then you saw kind of like the disillusionment after World War One, And then really, I would say it's the infiltration of, of the cultural Marxists in the schools, thanks to Antonio Gramsci and people like that. But really, just the, 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 the decades of prosperity we've had since World War II. So when times are bad, you turn more to Christ. When times are good... You become a hedonist. It's just human nature. I mean, we don't even think like 100 years ago, you would have, let's say 150 years ago, you would have 10 kids. Seven of them would die from typhus, tuberculosis. I was looking at the biography of one of my favorite painters, William Bougereau. He paints a lot of, uh, he's a 19th century painter. He had like six kids and he outlived all of them. I mean, it, it was there was just so much more heartache. The, the world was tougher, certainly compared to the Middle Ages. The, the life and world was tougher. And so there, I think there was more of an impetus to pray and, and to, to reach out to God because you thought about, oh, the afterlife and how the life would be better. But life's pretty good right now. We have all the creature comforts we want. If anything, we're over-addicted to creature comforts. We're screen-addicted. Go to that episode. And so we kind of turn our back on God. But Europe has a mass apostasy. They turn their back on Christ. Even the European Union refused to mention Christianity in its bylaws and constitution. Jesus, come on. You know anything about European history? Europe was Christian. I mean, Christianity, age of reason, the first university. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man podcast. The first hospitals, everything was done by the Christian church, the Catholic church in particular. It's, it's ridiculous. Anyways, they turn their back on it. They become nihilist, hedonist. So now they're just contracepting and, and screwing each other. And like Pope Paul VI said in Humanae Vitae, once you take the unitive, once you take the procreative aspect away from sex, you essentially just start masturbating in each other. It cheapens and objectifies the act. And that's what's happening. So that's one thing. It's just we're contracepting and aborting ourselves. And it's going to cause a demographic nightmare. You need more young people than old people to push the economy. Who's going to work those jobs? Plus, you have an aging state. Who's going to take care and pay for all the, the taxation and bills to keep those old people alive? 
I mean, look at Japan. They're like begging. Government's like begging the women over there to have kids. It's not really working. Even, even China. They got rid of their one-kid policy. Now they're a two-kid policy because even they realize it. But I think the real reason, not, not to blame COVID, I just we're in the sex-positive movement, right? Women think, oh, like, because of sex in the city. Women and girls, the showgirls, can just ride as many men and contracept and spend all their 20s and 30s living like sex in the city and partying. Oh, and they believe the radical feminists. Oh, you can have it all. You can have it all. You can have a career. You can have a family. You can have it all. They postpone their fertility. So you, you notice these, these stats. Average age of marriage, you know, is like 28. It used to be 21. And you're going to see that age inch up even more. Because women want to ride the sea carousel. Now, I'm not saying all of them. A lot of women don't ride the sea carousel in college. And they get married at 24, 25. And they have less than, let's say, 10 sexual partners. But a lot of women do. Look at the Tinder world. We live in a Tinder world. That's why the world's falling apart. Because people are hooking up before getting to know each other. But a lot of women just ride the carousel in the 20s. And they're like, oh, I'll get married. And they're like 33. They're not in the best shape as, as when they were 22. Sexual market value. And so now they think they can get a man. Well, a lot of the men at their age are like, no, I'm going to go to the 23-year-olds who, who haven't ridden the carousel or a little more virtuous. So a lot of these women can't find a man or they still have an overinflated, diluted sexual market value of themselves. They're alpha widows, whatever you want to say they are. And then uh, they're just trying to have, trying to find a man, and if they can't find a man, they'll go to a sperm bank, or maybe they can find a man, some beta provider, and they have only one kid or two kids. Look at the most eligible bachelor in the world, Prince Harry. Why, why, why if you're 35 and you want to have kids, you're going to marry a woman who's three years older than you? It made no sense. Okay, you could have gotten a 22-year-old. So you see women prolonging marriage. Men have always wanted to prolong the age they got married. But back in the day, depending what century it was, they had to get married eventually because they had to, they wanted to have a family, but they were ensured that they were going to have a virgin woman. And then they were ensured that the court system in its nascent form was not going to destroy you and take half your assets and your kids. Now, it reminds me, i got to read some reviews that I got recently. Look, not all women are going to use the court system against you, but even those women who believe that they're good women understand the court system is set up to hurt the man because of no-fault divorce. But back then, they would have a kid, and they would get married because they would have kids. The only way they could have sex was either go to the town whores, but they couldn't do that forever, or get married. And they would marry a virgin, and they knew the woman would be a good woman because there were several in internal mechanisms to keep her in place. And good, virtuous women would gravitate men toward marriage. A good example of this is going to be the Netflix show Bridgerton. So in Bridgerton, Daphne, the, the ingenue here, eventually gets the cad. You know, this is such a common trope you see in so many movies. Gets the cad who's the Duke of Hastings to eventually marry because he is attracted to her virtue. And that's how it was in the days. So men never wanted to marry. This is why we had to give men dowries. Old days, I give you three chickens and two cows, and later it was money. The family would give them dowries because they knew men didn't want to marry. So a lot of this falls on the women. So women are control of their reproduction. Women are the ones contracepting or using IEDs or whatever permanent contraceptives. The men can't convince them to get off of it. It's not like when a man, like in Bridgerton, like a man's like, I don't want a kid. I don't want a kid. The woman can just ride him without a condom and then not, you know, not pull off of that, pull out of him, and then you know, boom. But if a woman's on a permanent contraceptive, there's nothing the man can do. So a lot of this falls on the woman. And I'm not saying this from some misogynistic point of view, but it's true. Women are the ones who are marrying later. 
That's undisputed. And women are the ones in control of reproduction because they can use permanent contraceptives, whereas men can't. A, a, a wily woman can get a man who always gloves up to not glove up. So a lot of this falls on women in the sex positive movement and radical feminism. So I see the birth rate falling and continuing to fall. So we're below replacement levels. We're supposed to be at 2.1. We're 1.6. The only thing that's offsetting that in America is illegal immigration because the immigrants are still breeding. Look at Europe. The Muslims have large families. They've always had large families because they don't contracept. It's against their laws. Just like it used to be with the Catholics and the Christians in Europe. They'd have big families. Ten kids. So the religious people, albeit not Christians, but like Muslims, are still breeding. You're going to see what's going to happen in Europe. Europe is corroding from within. They're in hedonistic, nihilistic culture. They're not reproducing. They don't stand for anything. They're emasculated and weak. Eventually, they're going to be overtaken from the outside, just like ancient Rome was. In America, our fate is a little later because we're still having the immigrants who have large kids or large families. But the white world is dying out. And it's not because of some virus like we gave the, you know, the Native Americans all died of, of viruses that we introduced. Not because we gave smallpox blankets. That's a complete lie. It's an urban legend. We never did that. Because they just died of, of diseases they weren't exposed to. So it's not like the white population is dying because of that or some mysterious virus. They're breeding themselves out of extinction by not breeding. By, like Lenin said, falling for propaganda and being useful idiots. So the white people are morons. You're morons. All of you should be having large families for a variety of reasons. They're a blessing. Nobody says at the end of their life, I wish I had less children. But we're so caught up in mammon. We worship mammon so much now. We got to have our three TVs, our three cars, our, our sports car, the beautiful house. A house now that has six bedrooms for only two kids. I mean, it's nonsensical. Our great-grandmother and father, they'd be laughing. He's like, no, you have a small house, but you have a lot of kids. Kids are a blessing. You don't contracept yourself out of existence. You want to have children. I mean, they'd be laughing at us. A good example is that HBO Max movie. It wasn't a good movie with all Seth Rogen plays his great-grandfather's frozen pickle juice and then comes back alive and talks to Seth Rogen, his great-grandson, who's a hipster in Brooklyn. And it's that generational difference of how hard the immigrants had it 120 years ago compared to how wussified we are now. I forget the name of that movie. But this is a major problem. I'm not saying that because I'm white, because I'm, I'm Hispanic. I'm, I'm from Europe. My family is pure blood Italian and Spanish and Portuguese. But it's disconcerting because Western civilization saved the world. I hate to tell you that. Western civilization brought freedom and democracy. Economic liberalism. It ended slavery. Oh, no, no, Europe brought slavery. No, slavery has been endemic in, in, human, in the human condition since time immemorial. The Greeks had it, the Romans had it, the Persians had it. Every culture had it. The blacks had it too in Africa, believe it or not. The Arabs are the biggest slave traders of all times. Come on, wake up. Either way, this is a humongous problem that needs to be fixed. People need to start breeding again. It's important for the economy and it's important on every level. So stop thinking the world's overpopulated and if you're at age, breed. Now, when it comes to red pill stuff, of course, got a problem. Because it's good for society to breed, but given no fault divorce, if your marriage doesn't work out, which it does, it has a 50% chance of crashing, 
uh, you're paying a lot more child support. And therefore, now you're going to have your kids are going to come from a broken home. That's not good. I got four kids. I'm doing my job reproducing the world. But because now they come from a broken home. Society is broken because of broken families. Simple as that. So you're going to have to deal with that. So it's tough if you're a red pill man because on one level, you have an instinctual desire to reproduce and breed. Most men do. But then you're looking around at the court system, you're looking at the, the state of 21st century women, and you're like, uh, no. No. So now you have the cognitive dissonance. You don't know what to do because you want to have kids. You know it's good for society. But <laughs> the, the incubator, so to speak, the women around, not all of them, subscriber, but a lot of them are damaged. Because why? They come from divorced families too. And they fall for the lies of radical feminism. They ride uh, the sex positive movement. So for you red pill men, yeah, it's tough. A lot of you guys are going to be like, no, I'm out. I'm opting out. Because what's MGTOW? MGTOW is a response to radical feminism. Radical feminism destroyed marriage along with the decline in Christianity and postmodernist thinking and the Frankfurt School and all these things. So MGTOW is just a response to like, yeah, uh, the court system is perilous and I'm not going to take a chance. But unfortunately, a byproduct of this is declining population, which hurts the world. Now, I'm going to read some reviews because it's been some time. It's been some time since I've read some reviews. So let's go. Let's read some reviews here. Give me one second. 40, I, this is the title. I am speechless. 48 episodes in eight days. I am hooked. This is free knowledge, my fellow kings. Absorb it, preach it, and spread it as far as you can. This man is a hero. God bless you. Keep it up. 100%. I'm no hero, man. I do do pay 50% of child support, but I appreciate the compliment. Uh, in terms of it being free, you know, uh, Apple, and that's all I know is how I put up on Apple. What I understand is they're going to start charging for podcasts now pretty soon because they're trying to compete with Spotify. But right now it's free. Another one. This That, that was from uh, Tuesday, so that would have been early May. April 16th, useful information for men of ages. Okay, this is from May 10th, from Tina Chez. Show used to be very informative and inspirational. Now it's all about whining about his victimhood. Maybe we should do a separate episode on this. No, no, that's no, okay. Wish he'd get over the bitterness already and get back to bashing big food, big pharma, instead of women. Hey, Greg, not all women are conniving and manipulating. Sorry, you made a bad choice, but please stop generalizing us as the enemy. Clearly, you're not listening to this podcast. All right. Man, this should be a separate podcast. Yeah, let's make it a separate podcast. All right, guys. If you appreciate the content, post an honest review. I'd appreciate it. It takes you five seconds, especially if you have an Apple product. It just gets the algorithm to get our message out to more men so we can help more men. And everybody learning about the bad things that they put in our drugs and our food. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. Please donate. Five ten dollars help defray the cost of hosting this on a server. Also, there's a link for Naturopathic Earth, the website. Click on that. It takes you to the, the site. You can listen to every episode that we have there, plus all the articles that we have there. Check it out. On the homepage, we have my two books on the right side, Confessions of an Obese Child and Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior. If you want to learn how I lost the weight and kept it off, if you're new, I just celebrated my 30th anniversary of losing over 100 pounds and keeping it off for 30 years. So click on those two books. It takes you to Amazon. And then at that point, you can search. And whatever you buy on Amazon within 24 hours by going through our links, since we're Amazon affiliates, we get a 2% commission and no expense to you. So it really helps us out in a passive way. You want to talk on a one-on-one, 
level, contact me at clarity.fm. And lastly, as I mentioned, subscribe and post an honest review for the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, for The Awakened Man, and for Confessions of an Obese Child, my podcast that deals with early childhood trauma and addictions. Because I had both. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at The Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time. To Nine Inch Nails.